Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to A View from the Bullens, in partnership with the Fitzrovia Bell London, our official away day pub for all Evertonians. As well as listening on all major platforms, you can now listen to us on our brand new website, www.thebullensview.co.uk, and you can listen to all of our new and previous episodes. Hello and welcome to another episode from A View from the Bullens, with me, Mick Kemp, Lee McLean, Ben Winstanley, Carl McKenna, and our guest today is Tommy Williams. Guys, West Brom nil, Everton one, Richarlison's second half goal, Caesars take all three points at the Hawthorns. Lee, three points, is, is that the most important thing at the moment? Of course it is, Mick, yeah. We get to this stage of the season, we're in the last stage of the season, and it is, it's, it's results are all that matter. You know, and, and we'll certainly take another 12 of 12 1 0 wins between now and the end of the season. It's quite reminiscent to that season when we finished fourth under Moyes, the amount of 1-0 wins and scrappy wins we were getting, but ultimately it gets you in the same place at the end of the season. So, you know, it's not it's not pretty at the minute and we'd all probably enjoy and feel a little bit better if we were seeing more comfortable results, maybe two or three nil wins that we keep talking about that we want, but they're not quite happening. And I think that's the next step for us when that's going to happen. I don't know, but, you know, our nerves playing a part, you know, we're getting to the business end of the season and for the first time in, in, well, we can all remember these games actually mean something and, and they're carrying weight. So, of course, the result's the main thing, but we are living on the edge and, you know, the margins are so fine. You've seen that, you know, in the last kick of the game, almost there, we've almost dropped two points because we didn't have that that gap, that, that little comfort blanket of a second goal. So, although it's pleasing and it's three points and we're sitting in fourth, you just fear, don't you, that the longer we go on with these little scrappy 1-0 wins, it, it, we, we could come unstuck at, at some stage. And you'd just like to see us go for the jugular that little bit more, um, especially against teams of that level, because let, let's get it right, they're, they're really, really poor, West Brom. Um, and, and with the players we've got on the pitch, we're capable of, of you know more comfortable wins. But listen... We can't come on here and be disappointed. We've won for the third game on the spin. It's nine points in, in just over a week, um, which we'd, we'd all have taken, no doubt. So on to the next one. Uh, let's just hope we can start putting together you know, a few more performances where we're on the front foot and we can um, bag a couple of goals because that goal difference is still a little bit of a concern for me. Ben, I know we spoke it on a previous podcast when we beat Southampton 1-0. The result is much more important than the performance at this stage of the season. And grinding these sort of wins out could be all the difference, couldn't it, to, to getting even top four? Oh, absolutely. We, we said, um, said from the last podcast how big this week was for Everton going forward and obviously pushing on for the European spots. And we've got six points in the bag. It's it's a big, big week. Three big wins on the bounce there. What I, I, I'm the same as Lee. I don't care how they come. 
get the three points in the bag and push on. It really does remind me as well of that season under Moyes. Marcus spent one nils every every other week, but uh, got Richarlison now doing the business. And look, our, our players are coming back in, into form again. Richarlison uh, again, another goal. He just keeps on getting on the score sheet, and he was a proper nuisance tonight as well. And now I made up for the boy Jordan Pickford again. Can't really fault him. Pretty, pretty solid. I thought his passing wasn't as good as it was against Southampton, but again, solid performance. Another clean sheet, which he'll be over the moon about. Um, so it, it, they got a lot of positives in that game. Obviously, being an Evertonian, you do want to see us really, like Lee said, at the jugular, um, really put teams to bed. I'm still waiting for this three or four nil win where we absolutely drum aside and just send out a real message to the. Uh, to the rest of the competitors in the Premier League pushing for Europe also but do you know what take a 1-0 against Chelsea away I'll take a 1-0 the game after that and on and on and on but as soon as we've seen the team tonight for me um, it was a bit of a strange selection for me um, the likes of Bernard and Awobi coming in and I look a bit of a fool on Twitter I was pushing for Awobi to be in the team but he um, he didn't have his best game tonight and I just really want him to, to, to get the to match by, by the scruff of the neck and He's got the ability, he's got the skill, he can go at players, he can beat a man and he can create chances. But it, he wasn't doing that today. I don't know if that's a lack of confidence or um, he just wasn't sure of himself. But the the crosses and everything from him and other players just wasn't to the level expected. And it just shows you how big of a part Sigurdsson was when he came on the pitch. 45 seconds, two touches, assist and a goal. And we touched on him the other day. He's a strange little player, Sigurdsson, and he just keeps on coming up with the goods and he, he is performing massively under Carlo Ancelotti this year. He's definitely one of the most improved and Icelandic Stato on Twitter. We haven't the time of his life and sure he listens and had a reply to the tweet. <laughs> so we, uh, no, he's, he's come he's come good at a really good time and um, putting the groundwork in again when he came on. Great assist for a Charles and what a header. Superb header. It was brave um, and a cracking finish and overall get, get the three points is massive but the most interesting stuff for me uh, before the game was obviously Everton being the most clinical team in the Premier League. And you can see that because we're not creating many chances. I think the shots on target tonight weren't over five, three or four, and mm. we scored one. We're not creating enough, but we're taking the chances when they come. We're clearly, Calvert-Lewin could have done better with his one-on-one and other things. And look, there is some negatives to take out of the game. We haven't played particularly well but the positive is Mick is three points in the bag push on to Chelsea away and if we can get something out of that game then you really start to look up the table and the game's coming up so no Mick I'm over the moon three points for me uh, as Lee said it's, let's kick on now to Monday against Chelsea Carl mm. the first half wasn't particularly great and the second half was only marginally or slightly better but it's another game where we've, we've ground out a result ground out the three points and it's nine away wins for, out of 13 on the road. Yeah, it's... Um, like the, the lads have just said then, to be honest with you, because th- there wasn't much th- that happened in that game again for me, uh, apart from the three points, which is all that matters. <clears throat> but if you look at that today, he's, he's played a different formation again, so to say. Uh, three at the back and a wing-backs, but at times, we've had five at the back against West Brom and it wasn't it wasn't pretty on the eye, and you know, obviously, it's Ancelotti's philosophy, and it's it's working for us. And out of everything, I think that that's the main thing. Um, you know, we all, we all have probably looked at teams on paper in the past and thought, "Oh God, here we go." But with Ancelotti, he's, he's putting he's putting that team out, and 
the players have got jobs to do and they're just doing it 90% of the time. Um, so, yeah, you can see that they're breathing confidence in whatever formation Ancelotti chooses, whatever tactics we decide to play. So, yeah, I mean, three clean sheets, um, you know, against two decent opposition. Um, Liverpool being one of them, decent. And, um, <laughs> you know, we could, we could be heading into, into Chelsea with, with a chance to maybe spring a surprise against these and maybe turn it on as if like we, we turned up on the, on the front foot, which, you know, I always bang on about that, Mickey, you're well aware of that one, but I'm starting to believe that that's not Ancelotti's um, mantra, as they say. I think he's, uh, he's the Italian stallion, isn't he? He's all about sorting the tactics out and make sure that we don't concede early. And you know what, mate, if we carry on the way we're playing, ugly at times, creating numerous chances, like, like uh, Ben's just said then, you know, the highest goal ratio in, in the stats of chances create, created. It's, it's unbelievable that we're only creating minor chances and, and scoring from them. So it shows you that, that the team and the players, the growing in confidence in Ancelotti's um, basically formations that he's playing and basically the tactics that he's getting everyone to do. They believe in it. They're willing to put the groundwork in. They're running round. They're coming off the pitch, you know, probably patting each other on the back saying, congratulations, mate. You know, it was great playing next year today. You worked your socks off. And if you're not doing that, and you, you get tough off and, you know, I will be fell short today, didn't he? Massively, and you know, he, he was took off, and you know, Gomez didn't have the best game, but he left them on because maybe he's, he can do that. He can do the job there better than the ones that he's got at disposal at the moment. So it's it's nice to see that we have got players who are, you know, believing in in it, growing in confidence. But I am a little bit concerned that, that our depth may end up coming back to haunt us if we don't get some players back because. I don't think the players that play today, a couple of them, I'm not going to mention any names because, you know, we won the game and all that and I'd like to keep them growing positive for the rest of the season as we haven't got no one to replace them. But I think we're well aware of who they was. Uh, I just think every time they get an opportunity, they're not, um, they're not taking it. So, you know, let's get the confident players back in who, who, can, um, who can change this up a little bit more and maybe we don't have to hang on for these one nils and scrape the wins near the end. We, you know, we were quite lucky to get away with that goal there. VAR saved us, so... Let's hope that we, when we can get the better players back, that it's not all going to be uh, one nil hanging ons for the rest of the season. Tommy, thanks for joining us, mate. Just touching on what what Carl's just said there about depth. Today there was there was no Hammers, uh, Seamus Coleman, Tom Davis, Yerry Mina, um, and it is a very very busy schedule. But like we've just said, that it's another game that they've ground out and they found a way to win. And, and we always so say, don't we? You know, good teams find a way to win, and that's what we're currently doing at the moment. Yeah, I just want to say thanks, uh, Mick, and to lads uh, for the opportunity for coming on today. Very well. Very well. Very well. Thanks for coming yeah, on. I really appreciate it. But um, welcome, yeah, when you're, saying about the, when you're saying about the death, I think it was so clear early on that we were missing Tom Davis today or even Alan. Mm. Um, we had no control in the midfield from the early doors. Um, sort of with, with, with them, you expect them to sort of sit back and let, let us sort of come on to them. But it started off early because we started slow that they gained a lot of confidence because we sort of kept giving the ball away and we didn't really look at the races. Now, for me, at 55 minutes, that was the game changer for me, along with the Sigurdsson one about 10 minutes later with Alan coming on because I think we got hold of the midfield a little bit more. He become the pivot and then we, we allowed sort of Gomez um, to push a little bit higher up and I thought, 
once Alan come on, we sort of started moving the ball a little bit better and we sort of had a bit more protection for the counter-attack from them. Um, but overall, with the performance, yeah, it, it wasn't the best as the lads that already touched on, but I'll take that any day. You know, I want European footy like like we all do, all Evertonians. And if we can manage to get in this top four, it's, it's been an achievement by Ancelotti and the lads because I don't think anyone's seen it coming. And I know, obviously, it's um, a bit of a strange season, but we need to take advantage of this. And at the minute, we, we appear to be doing that. And one last thing I want to say on that point, Nick, is really regarding the Charleston. The lad looks just back, you know, back to his normal self. Um, I definitely say what the lads have said on the other podcast that he he definitely looks better when he's down the middle and he's around the penalty box because that's like when he comes alive and that header for me was just like planting kale just in the right area, fearless and just got his head right in between the goalkeeper and put it in the net and absolutely thrilled with the, with the win there. We've spoke about Hammers starting and, and Gilfie can't start if Hammers starts and, and vice versa. Is is this a game where now you look at it and you think we need one of them to start? Because when Gilfie did come on, it, it made all the difference really and ultimately he, he's got us the, the assist to win us the game. It's a good point actually, Mick. Yeah. Um, you know what? That didn't even cross my mind when I seen the starting eleven today but looking back on it now retrospectively, it's clear we missed having both of them in there from the off because Tommy's just uh, pointed out well really good contribution there mate that you know the difference was 55 minutes when when the subs were made um, Alan and Sigurdsson coming on I, I personally just felt a lot more confident that we were going to go on and get the three points when they when they came on there was a lot more control a lot more cover for the back four Alan was just getting himself in the right areas exactly when he should be and then Sigurdsson he provided that that moment and, and when we are struggling to score goals and we're not killing games off two or three nil, it's the it's moments like that that you need. And there's only certain players can provide them them bits of quality and and you're looking at the likes of him and Hammers are, are, are the the two for us really that you you'd put in that category. So he made an instant impact, you know, for 43 seconds, I think it was, and it's just a it's just a, a gorgeous clipped cross. He knew exactly where he was putting it. That's that's not hitting hope or anything. He, 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 that was right on Richarlison's head, um, and a, and a lovely brave header to keep his his run going. So Sigurdsson again proving his importance to the squad because we spoke to me before the game about you know Hammers and how reliable is he? he. Tends to miss a lot of games. He always has throughout his career, certainly in the last five or six years. Um, so we we need and we're calling upon Sigurdsson more than ever at the minute and he and he's producing the goods and I do think like I mentioned last week it's because the pressure isn't isn't all on him he's surrounded by better players and he can come on and and do his thing safe in the knowledge that there's players around him doing doing the running and and you know positionally who are much better than him but he's working hard as well I've, I've noticed him again when he came on today he's he's putting it what's Bawley's favourite phrase putting the hard yards in mm. he, he um he certainly did that again when he came on. So he's not just got that creative spark, which he's shown, but he's working hard for the team as well. So really impressed. That I'd go as far to say that he's probably playing the best football of his time at Everton so far. So, yeah, uh, without him, it could have been a nil-nil. So he's been the difference again. Mm. Top man. Ben, we're talking about making the difference and, and Iwobi and Bernard got a chance to start and, and stake a claim against uh, a, you know, a, a substandard West Brom team. I personally don't feel like they grabbed that chance. What were your thoughts on their performances? 
Yeah, I have to agree with you again, Mick, on that point. Um, it's weird, isn't it? Because there's definitely skill and potential in them two players. That they've both got trickery. Uh, both can drop the shoulder. Both can and should be beating a man. I remember Bernard in his first year. He, he hit the ground running, had a really good um, link-up play with Luca Dino. I thought it was going to be like the long-term Baines and Pinar um, partnership again. But no, it, it, it tends to have dropped off the past couple of seasons now. And one game in seven where he, he turns up as he did against that, that Tottenham game in the FA Cup. But for me, it's not it's not good enough for me. Um, you look at the teams around us, the other top six teams, are they going to get in there starting 11? Probably not, I'd argue no. Um, so it, it just shows that like we're not at the full capacity where we want to be at the moment. We do definitely need more options on that right-hand side. Again, you could see it tonight. It was... Outboard to Luca Dean. All the attacks were coming down the left. I don't think, no disrespect to Holgate, he's playing out of position, but he doesn't know when to go and when not to go as a fullback. And there was no overlapping on the right hand side. I don't think he went round a Wobi once. So, again, is a Wobi up against two players on the right? He might be because they don't have to track the, the overlapping one. So, you're talking two defenders onto one. And yeah, I talked about him earlier on this podcast. He just didn't really grab it by the scruff of the neck and take on a players and drive into the box. But that right-hand side needs sorting in the summer for me, 100%. We need a right-back and we need a quick right-winger. And if we can get the right personnel in, we can have an absolute fiery line-up there going down the left and the right. And imagine putting balls into the box like uh, Tommy's touched on there with Charleston. He did remind me of Tim Kaye on Massley tonight. And you got Dominic Carver-Lewin, who... In the air, it's probably one of the, the, the best strikes in the Premier League. But these are the games where you'd like the lesser players in the squad and say, go on, play for the shirt, stake a claim to start against Chelsea away. Prove to me, as Carlo Ancelotti, that you're going to play for me and tell you what I want you to do and show me. And for me, neither of them did. Um, Bernard was OK, but nothing spectacular. A few nice passes, few nice spots, but for me, as Lee spoke about them, when, when Sigurdsson came on, it, it just kind of just showed up. And Alan, we all know what a special talent he is, and he just got a grip of that midfield. And so, so deep. I think we were talking about on the WhatsApp just how deep we actually were. And I don't know if that's Carlo not trusting, obviously, the right-hand side, So, and we're not pushing high enough to, to prevent the break. It seemed like, to me, we were trying to counter-attack against West Bromwich Albion, who foot of the table, and it was just a bit strange for me. that, But... Look, three points and a win. Um, you, you never know. Them players could have come in and tied them out for the likes of Sigurdsson and Allen. So they've done a job. They've got the three points. They're part of the squad that's got the three points. But for me, Mick, they, they didn't take the um, their chances tonight at all. And you wouldn't be surprised to see them not starting against Chelsea. But I just forgotten about that VAR decision in the 94th minute. And Carl's just reminded me of it. So I'm flapping here again. I'm sweating again. But no, thank God. Thank God that was disallowed and we got the three points there. But answer to your question, Mick, no, they didn't stake the claim and you wouldn't be surprised if they don't play on Monday against Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Carl, the VAR decision went in our favour. It was offside, but it's now three three clean sheets for Jordan Pickford for the first time since 2018. I know he didn't have a, a lot to do tonight. He pulled off a really smart save very early on uh, from, from a header. But he's really improving now, isn't he? And you feel like his form is just starting to turn at just the right time for us. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, he was called upon today, early doors, wasn't he? He, he pulled off a great save. I think uh, Ashley Cole, it might have been on the Bundes, he said, you know, world-class save uh, for a world-class keeper, which is, you know, it's nice to hear, isn't it? And Evertonians, we haven't heard that for a while. Um, so it's good good for Jordan, yeah. And I was watching him again today. He, he's been quite vocal as well. He was, he was screaming at the uh, right-back and the left-back whenever they were crossing the ball, as if to say, you know, Holgate, what, what are you doing? And, you know, even Luca Dina, Dina's the captain. It was quite refreshing to see that he was he was telling them, you know, why, why are the balls coming into the box? Can't you stop that from happening? And um, sort of saying it's it's nice to see that he's grown in confidence to start, you know, dishing his orders out from the back. He can see the whole pitch. He can see everything unfolding before most players can. So it's nice for them to be that vocal. And that'll be because he's grown in confidence. He'll be thinking, you know, I can... I can state my claim with the players here because, you know, I'm not doing nothing wrong, so to say. So, yeah, when your keeper's doing well, Mick, and, and the back four are playing as well as they are, you know, you'd like to think that that's a solid foundation for us to move forward now for the rest of the season. And, you know, all right, today wasn't pretty at times. If anything, it was, it was another hard watch, if anything. But, you know, is this is this all, all what Ancelotti plans? You know, does he look at the players we've got at his disposal and think, well, I've got me five players who would really need playing out of the skin in, in the back four and Pickford. So maybe I'll just work around that. You know, and maybe maybe the basics of football are probably sometimes the easiest way to win games. Um, so I think him getting dropped as well, Carl, with Alston coming in. He, he, it might have given him a bit of a kick up the bum and he's come back strong, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. Well, that's obviously, again, Ancelotti in it. Then he's obviously worked that and knew, knew that Pickford probably needed a little... Um, Kick up the backside, like you said, and yeah, I, even, I forgot about that. That Olsen played a few games. Never played that well, though, did he? To be fair to him, so Pickford, Pickford's probably thinking, you know, he's better than him, isn't he? Let's have it right. His distribution and, and that today has proved it in the last couple of games. He's on his day. Pickford is, is kicking's outrageously good, and it has been. And, and at the end of the day, lads, as an Evertonian, and as I just want to see as good, if you keep us playing well. I'm happy, like, and you know, Pickford's had his criticism. I've criticised him plenty of times, but when he's on point, Mick, answer to your question, you're gonna you're gonna be hard budging in for a better goalkeeper in the Prem, in the Premier League on his day. And I don't and I don't just mean about like his kicking ability. I mean like his shot stopping. You know, he he's up there one of the best shot stopping up there one of the best, and you know he's he's bringing a little bit more um, physicality to his game when when he's. Um, He's coming out for crosses. You know, he looks like he's a bit more commanding uh, than he has been in previous seasons for his man again. That'll be through confidence. He'll be thinking, I know I can get this. And, you know, he's took a few knocks here and there. And it's fantastic to see because at the end of the day, if, if you were a Pickford and you're a centre-half or you're a full-back, you want to be moving out the way and making sure that he comes and claims it. So, yeah, I'm all for Jordan at the moment. I think he's been brilliant and he's definitely part of that back five that, that can definitely move us into this European place if if not Champions League mm. get the rave on Tommy moving away from Jordan Pickford Richarlison he, he's been playing more of a, a forward role the last couple of games rather than out on the, on the wing and he's he scored four and four now for the first time in his in his Premier League career we're really starting to see the best of him now aren't we yeah, definitely. I think with Richardson, he's a player. I think one of the lads, maybe Ben, a couple of podcasts ago, said that once he gets one, that's him. He's on a run then. And I think mm-hmm. playing next to Dom, although Dom didn't probably have his best game in terms of like you know his finishing, 
I feel like they complement each other really well because Don wins the head, just hold, holds it up, and Richardson can drop off. But when you do need them to sort of tuck in on the left side to, you know, help uh, Lucas Dean, you know, he can do that. And I think now he's got them goals. I think, as I say, he's just going to kick on for the rest of the season. And I just, I just believe that when he's on, when he's on form, he is one of the best attackers in the league. And I think um, for Sunday's game, especially, you know, we we probably for tactics-wise, may play on the counter-attack at Chelsea. Although, I would like us to try and maybe take the game to them because I think they are good defensively. But I think, you know, we've got players there that, you know, potentially could go at them. And I think he could be key on um, Sunday um, to getting the three points. And I believe that uh, we can go there and, you know, take it into account our away form. You wouldn't bank against us going, going to Stamford Bridge and getting the three points, Mick. Lee, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, it, it wasn't his greatest of nights. Um, a tackle in the 23rd minute, Andy Hinchcliffe thought it, it may have warranted, warranted a red. <laughs> what were your thoughts on it? I don't know what he was going on about it. What on earth was he going on about there? <laughs> yeah, he didn't have a clue what he was on about. I, I, looked, I was listening to that thinking, are you, are you pissed or something? What, I mean, what are you looking <laughs> at there? <laughs> he, he, he turned his back. Didn't make any contact. He didn't even try to go for the ball. Like he, he was literally nowhere near him. He tried to create an issue that wasn't even there. Yeah. You know, Dominic Calvert-Lewin just hasn't got that in his game. Uh, but even if he did, that incident was just non-existent. I was just baffled when I heard Angie Inchcliffe there. For some, he, he hates us. Him. I've never. Yeah, known he really does. Yeah, yeah. An Everton player to to badmouth us so much. You know, whether he's been you know, rejected a pay rise or something or, you know, he left on bad terms. There's always something behind it because he... he you really can't tackle side on either if you're Andre Gomez. What was that no. about? Yeah, so, yeah, just because he came in from the side, so it's absolutely <laughs> it, irrelevant that he took the ball and, and didn't touch the man. Obviously, that that's that's a side issue because he, he turned his back. Um, so, no. Can we get him on the podcast, Mick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I've, but listen, with regards to um, Calvert-Lewin, He's, he's lethal when he hasn't got time to think. So within the six-yard box, he's you know he's a predator, he's a finisher. But I think you, you get him outside the 10 yards and he struggles, especially when he got time to think. And he went with one-on-ones and stuff, you don't really back him or fancy him to score. You know, you take your mind back to like Yakubu, Saha, Lukaku. If they get that chance... Uh, that he had after 43 minutes, you, you're backing them to put it away, but you're never you're never really that confident with with Calvert Lewin. But his impact on the on the side, you know, can't be underestimated. He's he's a massive massive player for us, but I do think he needs a little bit of pressure taken off him, um, and and it'll certainly be an area in the summer that I think Ancelotti will look at because whether or not Josh King's going to be the answer, I don't know because he doesn't seem to be getting that many minutes or, or opportunities at the minute. Um, so I'm not entirely confident that he's going to be the backup uh, that Ancelotti wants or needs. So, um, yeah, I think he, he's slightly off the boil at the minute. He's, he's, he seems to be toiling without real, really getting any any success. I think the, the supply to him, let's, let's be honest, hasn't been brilliant consistently over 90 minutes in the last few games. So he has been feeding off scraps somewhat. Um, but, he has grown into a, a top striker for us and he's shown in the past, in the, in the recent past, that he can step up his game and improve 
and I'm sure he'll work on that element in terms of the finishing that that I've just spoken about. So, um, no complaints with me with with Calvert Lewin. He's he's top man, even though he is now the dirtiest player in the Premier League. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> joke that. Ben, after the Fulham game when we got beat at home 2-0 and then we obviously went and lost to Man City at home, we were all on the floor. You know, people were writing our season off. They thought the Champions League challenge is gone. We're now obviously into March. We then went away to Anfield, won the game, beat Southampton at home and now have won away at West Brom. Is that down to Carlo Ancelotti and his, and his calmness and experience to, to keep the players focused and not to dwell on the poor results previously? Oh, absolutely. Like you said, he's a world-class manager. We keep on going back to him. He's just, what, what a manager that guy is. I just love his eyebrow, mate. I think he's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, it, it, he, he knows how to win games. Let's get it right. We've seen he tinkers his system. He, he tinkers the players in different positions. And look, what I loved about it, especially after, before the derby, the core, said, Ancelotti said to us, you're going to win the Merseyside derby. That You're going to win. End of. And, I feel like we have another manager like him who can come in and just literally get the three points, get the job done. Don't care how it's done, just get the three points. And like I said, I've said before, if you if you reach for the sky, you hit the ceiling. It's and we we seem to have managers that reach for the ceiling and hit the floor. There's no aspirations, but look, you can clearly see the team are running through brick walls for him. The likes of like Sigurdsson are really pushing for him, playing for the shirt. He, he knows how to manage. He's a man management. You've seen him today coming out of comments over with Charleston, um, saying as long as our manager, he's going nowhere. And imagine being a player and someone with numerous European titles who has managed probably one of the best teams ever in with the early AC Milan days saying, you're going nowhere, mate. You're my top priority. And, it's good, and the likes of like with Charles and giving him a headache because, as we've touched on before, like I, I, don't, I think he's wasted out wide on the left, and mm. but you can't yeah, drop, Carl, but you can't drop Calvert Lewin either. So you've got to try and find a way to get them two up front together because we've seen in the past game he, he scores, he's a he's a goal scorer. You put him in the box, he can head it, he can score with both feet, and when he gets the chance, he'll score it. He's one of them plays you one on a one on one because you just know he's going to knock it around the keeper. Uh, keeper and bury it whereas Calvert-Lewin needs to work on that but like like Lee said in the box and within five yards you know one touch no time to think about it Calvert-Lewin scores whereas the Charles and so cool composed and that's why the Brazil team are knocking on the door but it, it's good to see like the players are like responding to him and we, we, look, we were all down in the dumps at Evertonians after obviously the Fulham defeat. I think Lee went to bed. I was, we were all fuming on here. Everyone loved the podcast. It's one of the best <laughs> listeners. Everyone was loving <laughs> it. But uh, everyone loves the fume. But it's, it's, look, the players have responded amazingly. The past three games, three clean sheets, nine points. It's, um, without some of like, obviously the Rodriguez, Tom Davis, Seamus Coleman. That, Look, they're big players, like we said before. Tom Davis and Hammers are really stamping their, their names on this squad this year. And we've just won two games on the bounce without them. So it's a uh, no, it's really good to see. And it's like we said, it's so good having Ancelotti at the helm. He's just cool, calm, collected, job done, move on. Um like football is a results business. Let's let's get it right. It's if you can get the three points on the board and kick on, it's that, that, that's all football's about. So, like you said, the, the football's not great. It's not, let's be honest, it's not amazing, but we're getting the wins. We're, we're getting the three points and we're ticking over and we're ticking over. Now, 
it's it's so it's so so good. What a season we're having. We're, we're in the mix for, for European football. Like we haven't seen that in in years since the first year under Roberto Martinez. It's like I'm excited now for every game. Like we had a nine day break. I was missing Everton. Can't remember the last time I, f- I felt that before. But no, it's uh, it, it's, it's good to better. see. I'm looking forward to uh, to Everton playing now. So no, Ancelotti at the helm, cool, calm, collected, Italian stallion. Up the blues. Mm. Carl, we've all been quite reluctant to really confirm that we are genuine Champions League contenders, especially the media have for sure. But now we're beating the likes of the West Broms and the Southamptons. Is it now a genuine, uh, a cheap, well, genuine challenge now to make top four? We'll probably look back um, and think to ourselves, like, you know, we'll, we'll let them games that we didn't win come back to warn us in that top four race. And, you know, I think a lot of the pundits are terrible for Everton at the moment. And they aren't really fancying us getting that top four and everyone keeps saying that the squad's, the squad's not big enough and stuff like that. So, no, I think if we don't get the top four, make it, it will come down to them games that we lost against the worst opposition than, than us at the time. Um, I don't really think it will come down to the depth of the squad now because I think Everton are getting a few players back in you know, we look we look really strong, but my opinion, like Champions League, it, it, it could have been there a lot easier for us if, if we would have just um, not not made them mistakes on on the games that we did. So for me, I'd be really happy with European a European spot. Mick. I'll be, I mean, top six for me would be well, it would be unheard of because we would have never deemed to be there considering you know the, the the results that we had this season and. You know, sometimes you had them running games over Christmas time. We had a couple of players in, couple of players out, couple of players in, couple of players out. And I know everyone's in the same position, but it's not it's not hard to see who fit what what at what time of the season that favoured. You only need to look at the top of the league. Man City are fifteen points ahead because they've got the biggest squad. You know, they 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 can deal with it with anything that that comes their way. Three or four players out injured for them, it, it's not it doesn't really matter. You've got three or four players you can come in who are just as good. So I think with us, Mick, um, we probably, if we don't get top four, we probably blew it ourselves on the basis that this season was was probably there for us. And we will definitely be looking back whether or not we get to top four. We'll still be looking back at them games going, we could have got top two. <laughs> mm. So no matter what way you look at it, I think, you know, we, we've, we've got to take into consideration that we've, won't, we've finally beaten teams that we, we potentially banana skin against. Um, and that's a great relief. But you know, today we, we all we were all probably still you know heart and, and throat sort of say thinking, oh, West Brom, you know, they're on the back of a win and a clean sheet, and oh, I was I was this one to pan out like that. That that change for Everton's gonna come, and and there'll be a time when um, we don't think like that because I think if we had had the right players in the right positions today, we had a bit more pace about them, i.e., new players. I think that formation with Calvert-Lewin and the Charles and up to, I'll be honest with you, I think that's our new formation moving forward against anybody in the top top four because I really think that that causes major, major problems. If you can change personnel in different areas, like a right-back maybe with a lot of pace, not going to mention any names because everybody firmly knows who we're linked with who's, who's very, very quick. Someone like him or someone similar to him, maybe a bit more pace in midfield so when the Corey stops, someone else makes that run. 
you know, I think that formation moving forward, Mick, I think Ancelotti's he's got he's at the um, jackpot with it and he's we've sort of stumbled into it. Um, with, the, with the players we've got but I think that that's the formation that Everton will end up getting top four whether it be this season or next season I think that formation will get us to top four Tommy looking looking forward to, to top four challenge we've got Chelsea away next you know they're banging the mix as well they're, they're under a little bit of a revival at the moment how important is it to go to Stamford Bridge and, and avoid defeat yeah really important but I don't believe we should fear them because we, we've been to Anfield we broke that hoodoo so let's go and break the Stamford Bridge too, do because I think if my memory serves me right, I think we were about a minute away from beating them about five years ago. And then, a, well, an offside goal from John Terry, should we say? A minute over one is like ninety six, I think. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I believe that we can, as I say, said in my previous points, that we can go there um, if we've got the right attitude and the right game plan. We can go there and wouldn't say upset the odds, but sort of prove a point that, you know, it wasn't just a blip at Anfield with these big teams and we can go to Stamford Bridge and beat them. But um, touching on what Carl said there about, about the squad, I think we definitely need that right side. So, I mean, Mason Holgate's done great, you know, defensively, um, a right back. But I think for the whole balance of the team going forward, we, de- we definitely need a flying right back. Um, and as they said, as uh, the guy said, a right winger, someone who can beat a man. Because I think once we've got that, we're not so reliant on the left with Lustin and sort of with Richardson up front, Cavaloon. It gives teams other sort of worries about us, you know, when we're playing them. Mm. Um, but no, I, I think in terms of the top four challenge, I think it's sort of, I'd say, in our hands because Villa was sort of, you know, on similar points to us. And then they, they got beat yesterday by Sheffield United. And I think, We've got the win again. We're on a good run. We've, we've still got the game in hand. And I think, you know, if we can, you know, if we can keep winning in this manner, yeah, it, it is tough to watch. And as the lads have already said, we all want to play better football. And But I, I think that'll come with better plays. And what we've all got to remember is that, you know, Carlos had three transfer windows. The first one, he wasn't active in. The summer, he got, well, three, three or four players. And, you know, maybe apart from Molson, they've all made a difference, in my opinion. Um, and I think with this manager, he is the right man to get us where we need to be, and especially with the stage in the next couple of years. I do think, even if we do miss out this season with top four, as Carl said there, you know, we should have beat these teams at home, like, um, you know, Fulham, uh, Newcastle, and, you know, maybe Leeds, West Ham as well. But, you know, if we, if we don't get it in this season, then, you know, hopefully a few additions in the in the, uh, the summer may help us to get there. But I do believe um, we're majorly in the hunt for the uh, top floor. Definitely. Lee, it's been a long time coming. We're finally now sitting in fourth. Our next two games are Chelsea away and Burnley at home. Would you look at that and think four points would be a good return? Yeah, I'm just watching Chelsea now. Making they do look good. They look a lot, they look a lot mm. better. Um you know, they've got that little bit of a new manager bounce as well. Um, so, I think I'd certainly take a point away from home. It wouldn't it wouldn't be a disaster by any means. But then it's all dependent on whether you can back it up and win your home games. You know, you, you've spoken to me, you know, off air in the past and said, you know, it's important you, you beat the rubbish first and foremost. You've got to beat the rubbish in in the league. Otherwise, you you then 
putting pressure on the big, uh, you know, the bigger games against the, the tougher opposition, which we've tended, of course, to do really well in this year. But if you had to ask me, you know, if, you, if you're breaking the season down now into these little chunks, you look at the next two games, you'd take four points all day. And I think if we were to get four points, we'd still find ourselves very much in the mix of things. So it's a nice position to be in. You know, this we're not talking, it's no fluke. And everyone keeps saying it's a strange season. It is a strange season, but it's it's the same for everyone. It's the same for all 20 teams. So it's credit to Everton that despite knockbacks and despite a couple of little false dawns where we've let ourselves down a little bit, this this squad under Ancelotti has shown an unbelievable strength of character to bounce back on a couple of occasions and and put results together and quickly get bad results out of our system and that that's that's starting to become a real strength and characteristic of of this team under Ancelotti and that that's an amazing strength to have to to come back from um you know adversary in the way that we do so yeah it's going to be a tough game on Monday um i think you may see us go back to that back five that he, that he tends to prefer away from home against the bigger sides where we we look a bit more solid i think You'll see Alan come back in from the start. I think that was the idea behind not starting him tonight um, and take a point all day. And then on to Burnley and you're thinking, yeah, it's another one of them games where you know they're not the best, although they've improved a little bit. Um, but they're decent at the back and they've got that partnership um, that, it, that it notoriously hard to break down. So we're going to have to be at our best to beat them because there is no easy games. That's, you know, that's becoming quite apparent. But... T- target has to be at least four points this week and if we can get that you- you're then looking it's 10 games to go and I think if top four wasn't a target at the start of the season and it wasn't a target in the middle of the season I think it most definitely is now and you can tell even the way Ancelotti's talking and, and the team are talking they're all starting to actually acknowledge that fact now um, we found ourselves in the mix and the opportunities there in front of us and our fixtures are quite favourable, like we've mentioned a couple of times. So it's there for us. Um, but I just want to add in, I just want the FA Cup still. So <laughs> it's a, honest to God, if you if you offered me seventh now and the FA Cup, I'd still take it. I'm not I'm I'm just old school. I'm passionate about getting that trophy in the bag. But um yeah, been, who knows? Could get both. Never know. That'd be nice. <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah. Ben, travelling to Chelsea, you'd imagine that we're not going to have as much as the ball as them. Are you probably thinking we're probably going to go with the 5-3-2 or 4-2-3-1 formation and probably sit in and try and hit them on the counter-attack? Yeah, I think what obviously Lee touched on there and what we did at Anfield, it works. Um, especially away from home against a team probably as good as Chelsea. We're going to come at your old guns blazing. It does work and it'll probably be more man-marking on the wings and tracking runners and Hopefully the likes of Hamez is back and he can just sit in the, that little pocket and just feed you with Charles and Calvert-Lewin up front. It, look, we've got them up front. If they're not going to sit back. Like, obviously, West Brom, it was kind of like game of chess tonight of who was going to break first. I feel like they were both set up to stop to uh, to counter, but it would slug FC again. But it, like I said, get the three points. But against Chelsea, they're, they're going to come at us. No doubt about it. They're, they got obviously Hudson Odoi playing like a right wing back at two shells, so he, he's pushing on. There's a few others knocking about, and you know, obviously got the area threat Giroud, uh, Abraham, Timo Werner. But look, we've beat them at Goodson. 
once before this year, and it, it was convincing as well. Let's get it right. It, we really put them to the sword at Goodison, some big tackles. They, they didn't like it. They didn't like getting bullied and pushed around. And that's where the, those like Snide Everton players we've talked about, the, the whole gate of that, they tend to like step up for these games and really put in a shift. And just want to mention a quick one again from tonight. Ben Godfrey, again, superb at the back, just goes on about his, his game like a Rolls Royce, just turns up, does the business, gets it done. And he's, he did a massive two-footed tackle again and celebrated like a goal again, up on my feet, cheering. But no, it, it's going to be a difficult game. It is going to be hard, but there's no reason, uh, like Tommy said before, why we can't go there and get the three points. Why, why can't we? It, it's going to be difficult, don't get me wrong. I'm not getting ahead of myself, but we've, we've won at Anfield. We can surely take, go to Chelsea, put them on the back foot and play counter-attack and quick football and hopefully get three points. Look, if we get three points there and we, we managed to turn over Burnley at home, and we know what we're like against teams like Burnley at home, but say we get the six points, like, like, like Lee said, you've got to stop looking at it then realistically like, we're here now. It's got. To, we've got to go for it. We've got to try and push. And the games we've got at home are teams below us. Like we said, if we can get them one, then with our away form as well, the way it is, why can't we? Why can't we push on for this this top four? But as Lee said, there FA Cup. I trade everything. In. I'm the same. Desperate, desperate for the cup to win that monkey on our back in relation to the since 95 stuff but look let's go to Chelsea try and get the job done a point isn't a bad result there Mick either I'd happily happily take a point but I'm just trying to say why can't we go there and, and try and get all three points which we're, on our day we're more than capable we can quite easily take take three points but I'd, I'd set it for a point but we've got to win that game at Burnley though. That's, a, that's a big game for me that, that'll really put us in stead for the season and then obviously with the 10 games left to go but no it's going to be a, a bit of a different shape against Chelsea um, they're always going to be coming at us a lot more so in answer to your question I can see us going to that five that five at the back again with obviously people man-marking certain players and Obviously, looking for the counter-attacking footballs with Calvert Lewin and Richardson over the top. But yeah, why can't we get three points? Mick Ancelotti's at the helm. Let's go back to Stamford Bridge where he would want a manager and uh, get the three points. Mm. Okay, then, guys, it's that time again. It's prediction time. Chelsea away on Monday. Carl, we're going to come to you first. What's your prediction? 1 1. 1 1. Tommy. You know what, mate? I've signed a confidence all night, so I can't back down now. I'm going to go for 2 1 us. <laughs> Two one blues. Yeah. Lee. Um I'm gonna go for Desmond. Desmond two two. Desmond. <laughs> <laughs> ben. I'm the same boat as Tom. Yeah, he's throwing all my eggs in one basket in the last the last speech then. So I'm gonna go one eleven. Okay. And I'm gonna go one one, same as Carl. One one. Okay, guys, thanks for joining me as always. Tommy, thanks for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, thanks a lot. No problem. Thanks for cheers, listening. Cheers, Tommy. Take care. Yeah, cheers, lads. We'll be back Monday with all the fallout from the Chelsea game. Hopefully, it's a positive result. In the meantime, stay safe, take care, and all the very best. Thank you. Thanks for listening to A View from the Bullens in partnership with the Fitzrovia Bell London, the official away day pub for all Evertonians. And sponsored by flatback4.co.uk clothing inspired by the beautiful game and fanscapes.co.uk made by fans for fans.